very sickly this week because i am i'm fucking sick i guess i got the flu i went to texas and on my flight home guys someone was sitting next to me and they were fucking sick and they were blowing their nose into a towel into a towel the entire fucking flight it was so gross oh my fucking god i wanted to die so yeah i got sick and i was out for like the entire week but you know it was god's plan because i didn't have the chance to record a new episode last week and i was forced to release dealing with a psycho ex that i actually never wanted to release ever and it turned out to be a really good episode so far you guys are really liking it so thank you for supporting thank you for resonating with my story i'm sorry that a lot of you resonated with my story but i'm also glad that we all feel like we're not alone because we're not and there's a lot of psycho people out there so If you haven't listened, it's really about my own personal experience. It's probably the most I've ever shared about my ex on this podcast. It was really nerve-wracking to put out, guys. I have to admit, I was really nervous because there's a lot of people that know him and know me and follow me and definitely saw my story so he probably listened to it and it is what it is you know when i first imagined having a podcast i wanted it to be about what i've been through i wanted to help people get through what i had to go through because it was really hard to process what was going on i didn't understand so much of what was happening to me and i looked to other podcasts at the time to help me wrap my head around what the fuck was going on and i wanted to create a space for people who might be going through that to understand what it means, to learn some new coping skills, to feel supported. So I hope you felt all of that last week. And I did get a request to do an episode on how to really break the toxic cycle, how to get out of a relationship that you know is really bad for you, but you can't seem to shake. So I'll be doing that in the coming weeks. But yeah, I kind of wanted to fuck around today. So welcome back to Good Girl. I'm Jules. Thanks so much for joining another episode. I'm really excited. Obviously, I'm talking so fast fucking fast. I really missed recording. I missed sitting here and tucking my shit. (laughs) Here we go. I can't laugh or do anything without sounding like I've been smoking for 15 years. I've been quarantining because I didn't want to get my roommate sick and obviously I haven't been well to be outside really so I have no new updates. I've literally just been in bed but yesterday guys I had a humiliating realization. Just to give you a little bit of background about me I'm 25 years old. I've only been in one No, I've been, I guess, in two serious relationships and the majority of my dating experience has been casual relationships and casual sex. So not so much like a lot of casual sex with random people. I don't do that, but I have been in a lot of like situationships. Like I've said a million times, my ex that I talked about last week, we were like in a situationship before we started 
dating. So that's my style. And I thought that was actually my style. Like I thought that I preferred to get to know guys and like sleep with them and then figure out if I wanted to date them. Like I thought that was my choice. And last night I had a really shocking, humbling and horrifying realization as I was watching Sex in the City. If you haven't seen Sex in the City, what the fuck are you doing? That show is elite. I finished it last week and I started over again immediately. Like it's so fucking good. Anyway, so I'm watching Sex in the City and I remembered that two summers ago I had started hooking up with this guy and about a week after I started hooking up with him, I might have seen him one time when this happened. I basically had, this is going to be TMI. So if you don't want to hear about my vagina, I don't know. Fast forward. I don't know what to tell you. It's coming. Here it comes. I found like, a, I don't know, a ball, a tumor. I don't know, something in my vagina. I was like in so much pain. I could barely walk. I, th- I thought I had cancer. Like I was freaking out. Taya, sorry to, bl- to blast her on this podcast over. You know, poor Taya. I just, uh, it's like I, Taya is such a private, well put together, professional human being. And then I get on this podcast and I just blast her for everything. I'm like, Taya looked into my vagina because she, she, she's a good best friend. Good best friends look into their other friends' vaginas when you need them to. So yeah, it was like a little golf ball and there was horrifying. I literally thought I was going to die. And I went to the ER. I went to Planned Parenthood. No one knew what it was. It wasn't an STD. It wasn't a cyst. Like literally nobody knew what it was. So I, for about three weeks before I could see a specialist, because at this time I actually didn't have health insurance. I still don't have health insurance. (laughs) Anyways, I didn't have health insurance. So I was waiting to get in with a urologist that would take no insurance, whatever. So during this time frame, I wasn't seeing the guy that I had hooked up with because I couldn't have sex obviously. And this was like very early on. He wasn't going to come over if he wasn't going to have sex. Do you know what I mean? And I was aware of that. And he was aware of that. I, for some reason at the time, I really liked him, I guess. I don't know. Like I really wanted to see him. And I finally get my appointment with the neuro neurologist with the urologist and everything is fine. Like literally whatever that thing was, it just disappeared on its own. I have no idea to this day what it was. Nobody knows what it was. It never came back. I've never had any issues. It was so fucking bizarre. So the urologist like goes down there, you know, and he's like, you're fine. Like your tissue's healthy. Like you're literally perfectly fine. And I was like, I didn't even bother to ask much about my health. My first question was, so can I have sex now? (sighs) I was horrified when I realized that I was like, oh my God, I was more concerned about me being able to hook up with this guy that I was talking to at the time than my own health, than my own health. My health came secondary to my sex life. Are you joking me? So I realized and I was horrified and I was really thinking about it. And I was like, oh my God, this entire time I thought that I was having casual sex and I was having these relationships because I wanted to. And it turns out I was exchanging sex for emotional intimacy and security. If I was providing that in the dynamic, it automatically made me feel safe because I was giving them what they wanted. If I'm sleeping with them, then they're gonna be interested in me and want to spend time with me. And it was like my security blanket to be involved with these men. Guys, I'm telling you, I realized this last night and I was absolutely 
horrified because this whole like this whole time I thought it was my choice. I thought I was entering this fully in charge and in control and this is just how I do things, but it was really my subconscious way of securing my position with somebody and ensuring that I wouldn't feel abandoned in the long run. <sighs> Yeah. To be honest with you, I don't really know what to do with this information. I'm glad that I know now because now I understand, I guess, the importance of sex. And even with this podcast, I always have talked about it because I think women love the sex talk and we love to be with our girlfriends and talk about our crazy hookup stories or any weird thing that happened. Like we genuinely love that. But I have always stressed the fact that I feel like our own experience is dulled and it's kind of in the background of everything else that's going on. in the dynamics that we're currently experiencing. Whenever I actually start going on dates, I'm definitely not going to be having sex with anybody until I know that there's commitment involved. And to be honest, I've talked to girls who've said the same thing and they've been like, I would never have sex with a guy until I knew that there was some sort of commitment in the future or that's where we were headed or he was already my boyfriend. But until then, I'm not interested in having sex. And I respect whatever somebody says. I'm like, period, go off. That's what you want. It's not my business. But personally, I always felt like it's not that big of a deal. Like, I honestly thought that the first date rule was a myth and that if you fuck somebody on the first date, it doesn't mean that you're put into that box. It's just like whatever it happened. Maybe there was really good chemistry and I just didn't think it meant anything. And to be honest, I haven't tested the first date myth to know because a lot of people say like, well, if a guy just wants to fuck you, he wants to fuck you, whether he fucks you on the third date or the first one. And I agree with that. But I really do think we might be on to something by not letting it happen really soon. And that's because of my own realization that I was literally offering up sex as a currency. I feel like men are shaming women for their sexual experiences and it's become such a topic of discussion as if people have the right to really talk about our bodies and our sex lives like that, which that alone bothers me. But then I get frustrated because I'm like, as women, we feel like that's what guys want from us. We get frustrated because we feel like all a guy is looking for is sex and then we offer it to them and then we still get shit on because either we did it too early or we were too much of a freak. So it's already a soft spot. It's already something that we're on defense for. And then if we do give them sex, it's like either way we get shamed. Now I'm starting to think that maybe this really is like a power play situation like maybe the more we hold on to it and the less we allow men to access us the more power we actually have i feel like it is a smarter move to just like not you know and then a lot of times when you do have sex with someone is it even really worth it i've talked about this in why you're having bad sex and how to stop how i have such a short attention spans and like it's really hard for me to stay focused like for me sex is good when i like you because i'm actually interested in you as a person if i'm not interested in you as a person and i'm only attracted to you and there's only sexual tension i get bored if i'm interested in you as a person then i'm not gonna get bored because i like you and because i have feelings for you so then the chemistry is always there But if I'm only interested in what you look like and there's only like sexual tension, if that goes away or if it dips for a moment, I'm gone. 
I'm gone and I'm not coming back and there's nothing I can do about that. Sometimes I'll get turned on and I really want to have sex and then I'm like, oh, now I'm bored and now I'm over it. You know what I mean? And it just like goes away and there's not much I can do to get it back. Like it just kind of is what it is and then I'm done and like I don't really want to continue and when you're not turned on, you don't want to have sex. It doesn't feel right. You know what I mean? So I think about all the times that I have been in casual situations and I have wanted to hook up with someone maybe the whole night and then I go home with them and it's like... Uh, you know, it's just the mystery is just gone and it's not fun anymore. I'm so single. I deleted all the dating apps on my phone. I'm starting to think that the celibacy journey is really, it's really the money for me right now. I have no desire to have sex. Like I don't even have a sex drive right now. Like I could care fucking less. Should I expose Tay again? Tay gifted me a vibrator because I didn't have one. Okay, like I've mentioned in previous episodes that I don't masturbate. I still don't masturbate. I did try to use the vibrator once and then I just like got bored. I don't know. Like, is something wrong with me? I don't even have a high enough sex drive to go look for porn that would interest me. I'm just not going to take the time to do that. If I'm going to be in bed watching something late at night, it's sex in the city and then I'm falling asleep. If I'm not interested in somebody, I don't have a sex drive. It's just not there. I only have one when I like someone. I don't know if this is good or bad. I wonder. I just wonder what it's from. Like, is this from trauma? Because like, the last time I was in a situationship, it was honestly mostly for rebound purposes. I'm a very obsessive person. So not only will I just like you, I will get obsessed with you. So when I was getting out of this toxic cycle with my ex, I knew I was going to obsess over him and what he was saying or not saying. And I knew I needed a just distraction and the guy that I rebounded with like I talked to him for a really long time so he wasn't just a rebound like I didn't start talking to him only for that purpose but it was definitely a motivating factor and I'm sure he knew I hit him up right after a breakup like it's we're not slick over here at that point I just knew I needed to talk to somebody but now that I'm really in this phase I'm really in my single era the whole sex thing really confuses me because I literally don't want to have it unless I really really like someone and I'm super obsessed with them and then even then now that I had this realization that I was exchanging sex as like a currency, I'm like, is it even real? Is my sex drive real or is it just something that I create <laughs> in order to connect with men? I'm spiraling, okay? I think I have to test it in the wild. I think I have to start dating people and then see what happens to my sex drive and my desire. See if it increases, if it, I mean, if it happens at all. What's even worse is that a lot of times I have mistaken someone's sexual attraction to me as interest and I've taken the more they're interested in me sexually to be romantic interest. So now I guess I'm having a midlife. I know I'm not having a midlife crisis. I'm having an identity crisis about how do I even tell that someone likes me if I've only based everything on sexual interaction and connection. I thrive off of my sex appeal. I don't know if anyone else feels that way, but I really enjoy it. I enjoy using it. Literally like every guy that hooks up with me, they always talk about how strong my sexual energy and how they like felt it before they started talking to me. You know, now that I'm saying this out loud, it's really just a play to get me in bed and it fucking works. I get so flat. 
ladder bike because I'm like, yeah, I know I have a really high sex drive and really, but it's like, do I, or am I just playing this up because I want to feel safe and secure? Cause that's really what it is. Like, it's not so much that I want them to like me because I was telling Taya, <laughs> of course, I was telling Taya about this last night and she's like, I don't feel like you do that. And her friend Mary's there. Mary was like, do you fall for these guys? And I was like, no, like I not, I'm not interested in them. Like I don't develop feelings. They usually develop feelings, but I'm usually okay. Or so I feel. So it doesn't feel like it's a way for me to get them to like me or for me to like them. It feels like it's just a security blanket because I think in my head, it's like, you could like another girl, you could talk to another girl, you could date another girl. And because I'm not in that space where I want to date necessarily, and I go into these situations saying that I don't want a boyfriend, if a guy ends up dating a girl instead of me, I can't take offense to it because I'm like, well, I told him I didn't want a relationship. So like, what was he going to do with that? Do you know what I mean? But my security blanket is the fucking. And I'm like, as long as you're sleeping with me and nobody else, I feel secure. I feel like you're not going to abandon me. So it's literally a way of me soothing my abandonment issues. It's a self-soothing practice. Sex is a self-soothing practice for me. Does anyone else relate to this? Please, because I'm processing so much as I'm saying this out loud. I just had this epiphany last night and I haven't talked about it a whole lot. And now that I'm really analyzing my behavior, this is all I do. I will prioritize you being sexually attracted and interested in me over if you have actual feelings for me. I think that I have the most confidence in the bedroom. No, that's exactly what it is. I have more confidence in the bedroom than I do like in the real dating world. That's why I date by having sex with you and basically being in a pretend relationship because that's my comfort zone. Ah, you know, and the crazy part is I recently had this realization about life. You know how people say your comfort zone will kill you? Well, It's true, but it's true because whatever you're comfortable with is what you will continue to do. So I'm really working on my money mindset right now because I'm going to be rich in 2023. The thing is, if you are comfortable being broke, you will stay broke. And if you are comfortable just being comfortable and like making enough to be comfortable, you will also stay in that range. Really, the difference between us and rich people, I say us and I mean me, is rich people are comfortable being rich and that's their safety net and it's safe for them to make a lot of money. For me, it's safe to live the way I'm living, which whatever. So I realize that it's like people say your comfort zone will kill you, not because you get comfortable too easily, but because bad things can feel comfortable for you. Literally anything can feel comfortable for you. So me dating men like this hasn't been necessarily healthy or even really my conscious decision. Obviously it's consensual. It's really my comfort zone. And it's the only way that I can interact with a male and feel like I won't get abandoned. You know, it's fine. There's no shame in the game. I'm not going to. It is what it is. Like, I literally didn't know better. And you know what, girls? I'm really going to stress here and I'm going to say this on the pod. You know, I think being alone and being celibate is really, really important for you because I would not have realized this if I ended my situationship and then just got into another one. 
because guess what? That's my comfort zone. So me being alone right now, actually being alone also is another comfort zone for me, which is why I'm challenging myself to move out of that this year. But me spending so much time alone and literally just like being celibate and being in my house more often than not has really made me realize so much of my behavior in the past and how it's just been a fucking security blanket. And maybe I didn't know better at the time, but it's like, I was fine with it and I would have continued to be fine with it if I didn't prioritize being alone and learning about myself right now because I'm really in a stage where I'm consciously learning what makes me the way that I am and why I am in the position that I am in general right now and what I want to change this year, what I want to do better. I did a whole journal entry this morning where I wrote down all the old qualities of the old me that I'm shedding and all the new qualities of the new me that I will continue to do every single day. Every day I plan to look at that list and embody that every single day and just be that person because that is my best self and that's who I want to be. And a lot of it is just being really uncomfortable with a lot of the behavioral and thought patterns that I've developed up to this point in my life. And it is extremely humbling and low-key humiliating. Honestly, for the majority of my life, I really thought I was this like independent girl that nobody could really fuck with. I really prided myself on having casual relationships where I didn't catch feelings and where the guy caught feelings and when I could just cut it off and leave and be fine with it, whatever. That was my comfort zone. And honestly, guys, it didn't get me anywhere good. So if you are listening to this and you want to be like that and you're like, oh, like I wish I could, you know, not have feelings for my situation. It's not what it's chalked up to be because I gain nothing from it. I literally walk away with absolutely nothing. That's not true. I walk away with a lot of lessons about myself, thankfully, but it doesn't really make me grow in any aspect. It's just a relationship that I had that made me learn about myself and then I move on. So I really think being alone and, you know, being celibate is actually really good for your sex life because now, like, I fortunately have had good sex, but I'm like, oh my God, like, it wasn't even for just, like, the pleasure of it. It was for emotional safety. I don't know what's worse. And the thing is, like, sex doesn't guarantee you anything. And to be honest, it's like, this is another fucked up part. When my ex was talking to the other girl that he was talking to, what kept me sane throughout the whole process of knowing he was doing that was I was like, well, I'm the one fucking him. Ah, no shade to myself. This is just a very rude awakening to the reality of how I've been interacting with men and how I've literally been using sex as a currency. And when I heard people say that, I thought it was like, ah, whatever. No, it's real and I've been doing it. I'm challenging myself this year to, oh my God, should I make, should I make a little vow on the pod? Should I vow to be celibate for all 2020? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. It's not even that I really like sex that much. It's more so I just never keep my celibacy for more than four months and I am a few months in. (laughs) But yeah, I really think I'm going to keep that shit to myself in my next dating situation and I want to see if that really promotes the depth of my relationship and if I feel emotionally safe if I'm not providing sex because that is intel that I literally don't have. I literally don't know if I feel emotionally safe in a dynamic with a man unless I'm providing sex. It's my literal safety blanket. It's how I feel safe and secure in a dynamic dynamic with a man and it's how I measure their interest in me, how likely I am 
to be with them or not. Yeah, this is something that I would really like to work on this year. And if you're going through that right now and you're realizing that about yourself, my advice is to be alone, be celibate and don't maybe just wait on having sex. Like honestly, what the, what the fuck do I know? This is working for me. Maybe it's not going to work for you, but maybe hold off and see how comfortable you are just being in a dynamic where you're not supplying anything physical and just feel it out. You know, that's all I have for this episode. This is just what I'm realizing and how I'm feeling. And I know that a lot of you girlies can relate. So don't feel bad. I think the best thing you can do in self-growth is like, okay, I'm doing that and I want to do better. So let me stop this one behavior and implement something new and see how that goes. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be weird. I'm not expecting this to be a smooth transition because again, my comfort zone is just having physical relationships, whether I plan on dating you or not. And that's not something that I want to continue as I embark on this journey this year of actually dating people and leaving my house. I challenge you to do the same. And if you're feeling alone, my DMs are open and we're in it together. That's all for this episode. Me and Rio are going to watch Sex in the City for the rest of the night. <laughs> Thank you so much for the support on last week's episode. I'm excited to continue connecting with you guys and talking to you more. I'm going to do a really fun episode coming up really soon, so stay tuned. Follow me on Instagram to find out what it is. You can find me at goodgirlpod on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can connect with me personally at Julia Thomas on Instagram. I love you so much, and I'll see you next Thursday. Bye.